You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Cade Young. And I'm Ruth Flegman. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Later in the program, an update on the Owen Putnam State Forest timber sale and future forest management from WFHB correspondents Noelle Horosky-Schneider and Rowan Hesting. More in today's feature report. next an update on the Owen Putnam State Forest Timber Sale and Future Forest Management from WFHB correspondents Noel Herhusky Schneider and Rowan Hesting interviewed the chairperson of Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest and board member of the Indiana Forest Alliance Laura Kemp to follow up on the timber sale but first we will share the original coverage concerning the Owen Putnam which aired on July 28th Can you give your name and some of your credentials? My name is Laura Kemp. I live in Owen County, Indiana, and I am the chairperson for the Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest. I'm also on the board of directors of the Indiana Forest Alliance and on the conservation committee. I also work with the Sierra Club, um, and and we've we've. Uh, we do a lot of outreach with different environmental and organizations like so the Indiana Forest Alliance, the uh, Hoosier Environmental Council, the Sierra Club. And so so I, I work with all those different groups. And, and I have worked in the past on different environmental issues, but the environmental issue I'm focused on right now are forests and what is happening in the Owen Putnam State Forest. Can you summarize for us what has been going on? So several months ago, the Indiana Division of Forestry went into one of the highest recreation areas in the Owen Putnam State Forest, the Rattlesnake Campground area, and started marking trees for a timber sale right in the Rattlesnake Campground area. Um, The Owen Putnam and all state forests are made up of different compartments. So when I talk about compartment four, This is a huge compartment area that's around Rattlesnake Campgrounds broken down into smaller tracks. So the actual track that is, that we're talking about that's at the Rattlesnake Campground area is compartment four, track 12, if that simplifies it any. You've told me before how you found out about it. Can you just give the story of how you realized what was going on? Well, Generally, what the um, Division of Forestry does is when they have a um, an inventory of the trees, they put up what's called a resource management guide, and the public has a period, a 30-day comment period, where they can comment about any special features in an area, say if there's a particular historical site or a, a species of concern, whether it's a plant or an animal. And and so the public has that 30-day comment period um, that way because it is public land, and so they have to offer the public um, that comment period. 
when it comes to the rattlesnake campground um, timber sale, um, they had not had a public comment period in over 12 years. So we didn't even have a recent chance to comment on it. And all of a sudden it was being marked for a timber sale. It wasn't on any of the Division of Forestry's list. They put out a publication called In a Nutshell that they dispersed to all of the local people around the Owen Putnam State Forest. And in in their publication of In a Nutshell itself, it did not have this particular um, compartment for Track 12 listed for sale in this fiscal year, the next fiscal year, or the next fiscal year. So, of course, um, us being avid hikers and out there all the time, and all of a sudden it's being marked for a timber sale and it's not on any of the lists or on the radar, we wanted to know what was going on. So so then, of course, we, we inquired um, to the property manager and uh, got some responses from the uh, Division of Forestry's assistant forester about this, that, oh, it's not up for a timber sale now, we're just marking it. And, and um, it actually went on to at least two months of back and forth emails with them, and they kept denying that they were going to sell it. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, we are going to sell it. And we're selling it in the next fiscal year. The next fiscal year started July 1st. And last week, I believe it was perhaps Tuesday of last week, which would have been mm-hmm. July um, 12th. Yeah, July 12th, they, they put it up for sale. And and this compartment will, will be sold. They have a 30-day time period that it's on their website that it's for sale. And the final sale will be on August 9th. So, so what we have been doing in the past several months is, uh, you know, contacting our legislators, trying to go through all the right channels, contacting other people in the Division of Forestry and the Division of Natural Resources, trying to get them to realize that this area is a special place worth saving because it's not just that it's a hiking trail, it's the horse trail, it's the camping trail. People don't just come to Rattlesnake Campground to sleep on the ground, they come because of the great atmosphere around the campground. And when they come in to do this harvest, it will change the face of the area forever. And what are your biggest concerns about the logging and the timber sale? Uh, my biggest concern is is the animals and the species that live in the forest and the impact that it will have on them because this area has never had a timber harvest since it has been in state uh in the state's control um and i believe that was in the 1960s when the state purchased that final piece of land that that makes up that area up there and so um when it comes to species like there are a lot of box turtles in the area so this disruption of a timber harvest is really going to disturb that habitat especially if they come in with a controlled burn. Um, it, it affects so much. And this is uh, one of the Division of Forestry's plans is after they come in for the industrial timber harvest, then they will come in for what they call timber stand improvement, where they, um, they burn 
and then they'll put chemicals on it. So one of our biggest concerns is um, we feel like deep woods areas should be free of chemicals and pesticides. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of birds that are struggling uh, all over the country that are, we're in a flyway pattern here. So those migratory birds that will um, eat on things in the area can be affected and damaged by these, these uh, chemicals that they put, you know, that they put on. And not to mention that this is a, a watershed area. And so anytime you put chemicals in a watershed area, those chemicals are going to go straight into the, the water that the people in the area might be drinking. You know, and letting those people out there know, because there's so many people who just think we're anti-logging and we just hate loggers and blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. yes, we would prefer that they not log on state land, but we're not anti-logging. <laughs> we, you like Jeff Marks lives in a log cabin. We all use wood for something or something else. There, there just comes a point where too much is too much and it's become they're taking too much. Can you explain why the DNR is able to manage the forest like this and why they feel like they have to do these timber sales? Um, The Division of Forestry, um, several years ago, the Indiana legislators uh, made the Indiana Division of Forestry an autonomous uh, division where they are uh, responsible for um, the money that goes into their program. So they have, they have to make so much money in order to keep going. Um, and, and with this, they have um, taken away all the oversight for this particular division. Um, it used to be that um, in the state forest system, there's 158,000 acres. And it used to be back in, I'm going to say the 1990s, um, when 40% of state forests were set aside for no logging, um, hundred out of the 158,000 acres, that put 60,000 acres set aside for no logging, for nature, for endangered species, for, for the water quality in those particular areas, and, and to save those areas for future generations and for recreation. And, uh, under the, current administration and it was the previous administration that created this um we had a 400 percent increase in logging in state forests to help keep the division of forestry financed and so over the years one of the things i will especially say i have seen in the change of uh the division of natural resources is it used to be they were here to protect our natural resources, and now they are letting our division of forestry um, destroy the natural resources in our state because as it currently stands, only 3% of state forests are set aside for no logging. That means out of that 158,000 acres, that only 4,000 acres are set aside for no logging. So the other 155,000 acres of publicly owned land, that is your land, that is my land, and that is every citizen in the state of Indiana owns a piece of this land. It is all of our land, and they are using it like it is their own private tree farm. 
And anyone that knows anything about forests knows that a forest is an ecosystem. It is a community, not a commodity that is full of symbiotic relationships of plants and animals. And, and sometimes, yes, there might be times that having a, a, you know, a timber harvest might improve certain places, but there are also places that don't need touch. So we've lost the balance, the balance between um, the, the balance that had been kept with the, you know, the previous rate of acreage that was set aside to what's now set aside. Like I said, it's less than 3%, possibly 4,000 acres that are set aside. So, so that, that's a huge difference. And, and we all know, and we all saw during the pandemic how our outdoor spaces here in Indiana just keep getting smaller and smaller. So you would think they want, would want to expand on the recreational opportunities in these areas as well, instead of, uh, taking places like the Rattlesnake Campground area, which is the perfect recreation spot and, 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 and changing it forever. Is there anything anyone listening right now can still do? So I know we've got, by the time this airs, as of right now, there's 20 days until the bid goes through. But by the time this airs, it might be 18 or 19. Um, is there anything in the meantime that people who are listening can do before then? The, the best thing that we all can do is call Governor Holcomb's office and ask them to stop the sale at Rattlesnake Campground on August 9th. Also call Dan Bortner, who is the head of the Division of Natural Resources, who is still the boss of the head of the Division of Forestry. So um, by the time this airs, we will hopefully have had a meeting with um, the Division of Natural Resources because we will be presenting our petition to them. As it stands today, um, we have... Um, 1,570 signatures on our um, petition that is online. So you can still add your name to that because that petition won't be turned over to the Division of Natural Resources until next week. So you still have time to get your name on that. So you can go to the Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest Facebook page and look for the petition and you click underneath the picture to sign the petition and share it to as many people that that really believe that that there is more to a forest than trees. So just keep sharing and keep signing that petition. We also have around 200 signatures on a hand-signed petition. So ho we're hoping by the time we present this next week, we'll we'll hopefully be up to around 2,000 signatures. And I think that. Um, you know, by getting public awareness and letting people know that Rattlesnake Campgrounds is out there, that letting the our government officials, uh, whether it be a House of Representatives or a senator or the governor or, or Dan Bortner, who is the head of the Division of Natural Resources, getting in contact with these people and let them know that Hoosiers enjoy their outdoor experiences and that nature needs a place to just be nature for the future. So we're not constantly trying to protect each tract. Is there anything that we can do to try to bring about long-term change so that the division of forestry is um, funded by alternative resources so that we don't have to have timber cuts? 
is do you have any ideas about long-term change that we should be advocating for? I think I think the long-term change that we need to be advocating for should happen at the voting box. I think that's probably our best bet. And with saying that, I will say that some of the legislators that we do have to work with in the state of Indiana have been reasonable and others have not. So I say if you know a person is environmentally friendly, go vote, <laughs> get out there and vote and get those people in office. Um, I mean, we, we're working right now to help um, educate our legislators on what's going on and why things need to be changed. And I will say we have had a few that have been responsive and we had a, have a few we're still waiting to hear back from. Is there anything else that you would like to add? When you said water, that that hydrology that hydrology thermometer kicked up in my head because you know our our water quality in the state of Indiana we are ranked fiftieth out of fifty states in water quality we are the worst of the worst. So forests are first of all forests are climate defense and forests are water defense because a, a forest naturally filters and purifies water. So the water running out of those hillsides from the springs and the creeks, um, that's fresh, pure water that has been through that aquifer. So everything horrible has already been filtered out of it. So when you have these places that have clean, pure, fresh water, water is priceless. It's worth more than gold. Ask the people that live out in Nevada right now what they think of the value of water. And so when you have these places that have this wonderful natural water quality, they need to be preserved for the water. You know, the water quality alone should be enough. And we didn't even get into the history of this place because Abner's Frazier is buried out there, and he was born in 1799, and he died in 1864. So his tombstone is out on a lonely hillside in this forest. And so the Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest believe because of the hydrology, the hydrology, the geology, the ecology, and the history of this area, that it is a high conservation value forest. We turned in our high value conservation forest. Um, proposal to the Indiana DNR. So that is also in the works as well. So we have been kind of busy. I mean, yes, they put it up for sale, but realize even when they sell this particular compartment, we're not going to stop because there are still several other compartments out there that they haven't logged yet. There are several mm -hmm. that they have logged in the area, but we also suspect there's bats out there. And we just found out from the National Fish and Wildlife Service that there's never been a bat survey done in the Owen Putnam. Now back to the Owen Putnam follow-up where WFHB news correspondents Noelle Herhusky schneider and Rowan Hesting talk with Laura Camp about the high conservation value forest proposal for the Owen Putnam State Forest. Several years ago, the Indiana Forest Alliance had proposed um, several different wild areas and the Jordan Creek wild area was one of the wild areas they proposed. And this has been proposed in legislation several times, but mm -hmm. it never went through. 
But I think as more people realize that um, forests are climate defense, that uh, forest defense is climate defense, that, you know, there are going to be more people saying, hey, wait a minute, we do need to save these special parts of the forest, especially where water is concerned, when you see rivers drying up, when you see lakes and watersheds drying up, supplying mm-hmm. people with water. This is a time when we should be worrying about conserving those areas um, and keeping them whole and intact so they keep our pristine water sources uh, in their natural state. Camp explained that the timber sale went through and that they were not able to stop the sale of the trees in tract, four of the Owen Putnam State Forest. According to Camp, the sale was posted by the Division of Forestry on July 12th of 2022 and closed on August 9th. Members of the Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest, Jeff Marks, Kurt Kemp and Laura Kemp, fought against the timber sale, saying it would harm the ecosystem there, the water quality, cultural landmarks and harm the wildlife, which she said includes endangered species. Due to their concerns for the land, they reached out to the public about the timber sale and collected signatures on their petition in opposition to the sale. We had 2,500 written signatures on the, the petition that was online, and we had around 300 signatures that were handwritten signatures mm-hmm. from people. And so the Division of Natural Resources, the uh, assistant direct, the deputy director, Chris Smith, met with us, and, you know, we, we told him that people you know, we're really upset about what was going on in this area, and we asked him to come and walk with us and see the forest through our eyes. And and we did end up getting him out there in the forest, but Jack Seifert, who is the head of the Division of Forestry, uh, wanted the sale to continue. Mm-hmm. So there has been some back and forth about that, but they did. Um, our HCV was released, so we talked to Chris Smith, in June, hoping we could stop the sale. And uh, July 1st is the first day of the new fiscal year, and they put Rattlesnake Campgrounds up for sale nine days into the new fiscal year. So we had written, we've spent three years surveying that area, looking for endangered species, both flora and fauna, and unique features, including the You've, you've seen, Noel, you've seen some of them, the, you know, the rock outcroppings, the water features, the springs coming out of the hillside. And, uh, you know, we feel like this is a special place we're saving, not to mention all the cultural areas. So in the HCV, um, High Conservation mm-hmm. Value Forest Proposal, HCVF, um, it, it had, you know, the Rattlesnake Campground is included in that. But mm-hmm. it's called the Jordan Creek HCVF because the Jordan Creek area and the Rattlesnake Creek area, all of those creeks start in the heart of the Owen Putnam. So they start up there in that area. When I say start, I mean the seep springs literally come out of the hillside, and that's where the origins of these creeks begin that flow and add water into eventually Mm -hmm. the White River system. The timber sales still went through. However, the Friends of the Forest wanted to ensure that future management would take more precautions, and so they talked to DNR Deputy Director Chris Smith, who went to the Owen Putnam to walk through the forest with them. 
After this meeting, the Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest submitted a proposal to the DNR to establish the land in and around the Owen Putnam, which the DNR labelled the Jackson Creek area, into a high conservation value forest, which, according to the DNR, would designate the land as a forest area that receives added consideration of management activities to maintain or enhance conservation value attributes. These attributes may be of biological, ecological or cultural significance. Kemp explained why this proposal should be approved and why there needs to be another environmental assessment in the area. There has not been an environmental survey done in the Owen Putnam State Forest other than the ones that, that for the HCV that us as the Owen Putnam Friends of the Forest as citizen scientists have done. There has not been any environmental impact statements done since 1985, and in 1985, the state of Indiana flew a helicopter over to do that environmental assessment. In 2005, the Indiana legislator, uh, legislature said that um, the Indiana Division of Forestry did not have to follow the Endangered Species Act. Well, the thing is, now if it's state endangered, they don't have to look for it because they are, the Division of Forestry is an autonomous division. Um, so if it's state endangered, they don't have to look for it. There is what they call the Natural Data Heritage Base that is supposed to have endangered species listed on it. And in Owen County, the most endangered species they have listed are the bald eagle sightings. And in 1955, there was a badger sighted in the Owen Putnam. And I'm sure there are badgers there now as well. I've seen the signs. Um, but one has not been reported since 1950, or, yeah, 1955. And then in 1973, they found uh, the pygmy shrew in the Owen Putnam. What's that? Actually, actually, in the rattlesnake campground area. So, so those, you know, those are endangered species. So we do know that the state of Indiana did a bat survey by driving down the road and holding the sonar equipment out the window, and did find two federally endangered bats just by doing that. So we know ourselves because we are in the Owen Putnam, we're at the edge of the karst escarpment, so we have many karst features as well, and um, we have, uh, we've identified several caves, and we've also contacted a college that will be putting in a request to do a bat survey, hopefully in the spring. The proposal was posted by the DNR on October 25th, and is open to receive public comments on why the area is or is not worth being considered as a high conservation value forest. The last day for individuals to submit a public comment on the forest conservation area is tomorrow, November 23rd. A link to the petition can be found online at WFHB following today's news. Support for the WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, 
solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Noel Herhusky Schneider and Rowan Hesting. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Ruth Flegman. And I'm Cade Young. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at wfhb.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for more news programming coming up on WFHB Community Radio.